on this episode of The James Quandall Show. And when you go and find friends that are truly just real, those are the best kind of people to have as friends. It's really hard to make friends with people that are fake or that have this facade that they're trying to be somebody that they're not. You, you can never really break in and, and get to know that real person. On this two-part episode of The James Quandall Show, I had the opportunity to go deep in conversation with Robin Altucher on the subjects of friendship and parenting. This is part one, and in it we discussed what traits will make you a quality friend, how to spot a disingenuous friendship, and why you should quit gossiping right now. Robin also taught me how to make new friends when you move to a new location, and the value of surrounding yourself with passionate people from different walks of life with different hobbies and ambitions. In part two, we'll go much deeper on raising children to be great friends, how to be resilient through trauma, and to have morals at a young age. So don't miss that episode, which will be released next week. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Robin Altucher. So I do want to talk about how to be a good friend, but I also, if we have the time, would love to talk about how to make friends, because I know that you've moved a lot, and so have I. Like before I was in high, like before high school, before my senior year, I had lived in seven different homes. And so I've always had to make new friends basically everywhere I go. And so I've never been afraid to move across the country or go new places, but I don't think everybody's comfortable doing that. And so I'd like to chat about that too. But I love, I saw your list of traits of a good friend and I wrote them all down. So they're here in front of me. So if we, I'll make sure we cover them all, but I just thought it was so great because how much time do we really spend thinking about how good of a friend we're being and if we're actually living up to the same expectations we have for the other people in our life? Yeah, I, I mean, I also think too, as you as you age, you start to have different priorities, I guess. Um, and can you hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Yep, everything's um, perfect the different priorities and you actually are more reflective on yourself. So I feel like as you become uh, older, your, your values sort of change uh, and, and, and the way you make friends changes as well. So as a, you said that you've moved around a lot before high school, you know, before you graduated um, that's hard, especially for kids uh you know, going through a tough time anyway, going through puberty, going through, you know, feeling like they want to be a part of a group, you know, uh, and when you're, when you're uprooted like that at a young age, it's, it, it does make, it's hard. It's a lot harder, I think, as a child, uh, rather than as an adult, I would say. And I made most of my friends when we would move playing street hockey or climbing trees in the woods. Like I would just go out in the neighborhood and ride my bike and find where a group of kids were uh-huh. and then just hang out. And they, you know, you just get invited into that yes. group. Yes. It's different. Like rather than meeting them in, in school because like everyone's already grouped up, right. They're already in their own little cliques. And yeah, so that makes sense. Cause so when I, like my friends were younger than me because that was who was in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. I didn't have a lot of friends in my graduating class, except 
people I just kind of were in classes with. Right, a lot. right. No, that makes sense. And and it, I guess that would carry over to a, adult life as well, because of course we don't have school. Um, but uh, when my kids were younger, I used school, you know, their friends' parents, you know, to make friends. But now all of our kids are grown and it's like, now what? So then I had to start to think. And then plus, you know, we've moved, like you said, all over the world. But as an expat, that was a bit easier because when you go from one country to the next, of course, it makes your family uh, unit stronger, you know, your kids and, and, and your mate. Uh, but you're also going into another uh, country uh, with probably uh, other people that are working for your company, you know, so that's like an automatic, you know, in, so to speak, you know, uh, but coming back to the States and repatriating, it was really hard. And, and then I had uh, lost my uh, late husband and that's why I had to repatriate with the kids. So that was a really difficult time. And I was 50 years old. So, and then moving you know, the company said, well, where do you want to move? And I said, let's, how about New York City? Because I had never lived there. But wow, that was a really hard place to meet people, even though there's so many people there. Who did you grieve with if you kind of left your community, went to a new community, and then didn't know anyone? Like, how did you go through that? Yeah, I, I actually don't know. I mean, I, I had a small support system in New York City. Really, I just had my kids. And course they were young they were 13 14 years old uh and so it was difficult for them as well so i i joined i had joined prior to my marriage uh a, a group called the junior league and so i mm. um i was a sustaining member of that so i just i just uh really what did I do? I just, I called them. I said, I want to reinstate my membership. So then I started meeting women there in New York and that's how I started. So that was one of my, you know, on my list is like joining groups and that would join meetups of, of interest. Um, and that's sort of what I did. On a side note, my wife is in the junior service league also, uh, and it's pretty big where we live in the South. And, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And just last week they had a prom boutique where they had a, over a thousand dresses that they set up all beautifully with fitting rooms oh. and girls from the high schools could come in and get a dress for free. Oh, that is so and neat. it was like a special experience where everyone was dressed in black and ah. they had food and drinks and helped them pick out their dresses. Oh, wow! And it, it really catered to not only people who can't afford to go to the mall and spend four or five hundred dollars but a lot of girls came just because there was thousands of dresses there like way more selection than you'd get at your mall what a great (laughs) idea i love that it was it was really neat but i'm just thinking about i'm trying to put myself in your shoes going to new york not having a huge network of people Mm -hmm. and you're meeting these girls at the junior league and other meetups that you're Mm -hmm. doing but how did you get like a deep enough relationship to to really lean on them through a tough time? Well, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I've always been good at making friends, you know, and I, I, I've always, uh, I guess, 
you know, I was like the VP of our organization when I lived in Kuwait, uh, and it was a social group. And we had 120 families there. And so uh, the company gave us, you know, a lot of money to do functions and stuff like that. So it was sort of came natural to me to be able to um, just not be shy, you know, meet people. And, and I think a lot of times you're afraid, you're afraid of rejection, uh, perhaps, but I, I, I'm not afraid. I, I just, I just go forward and I meet people. Uh, I met a lot of women that were in my same shoes. So it was, and when, when they hear your story or not even that, uh, just, they just get to know you as a person. And you're a good person, which are the attributes I had written down here, the 10 attributes. Um, it does take time, you know, to get those deep friendships. But um, that's sort of my code is the 10 attributes that I, I wrote down. And that's what I'm looking for uh, in a friend. See, that was what I want to know is do you so your host, it sounds like you're a great host of of. Yeah these mixers of people. And so you bring the people together and then do you do certain people resonate with you? Like you can feel that they're, you want to get to know them better. Like how do you determine yeah. if you want to get to know someone better? I can feel, you know, this is funny because I was a hairstylist for 25 years and I had my own salon and spa in Austin before Austin was Austin now. <laughs> and, um, I had 70 employees. I mean, we had a we had one of the first uh, salon and spas there in Austin. And at 25 years working behind a chair, one on one with women, and I specialized only really with women and, and color. So they were paying a lot of money back then. Uh, it's a lot of money now. But like I was really had to read their body language and really, you know, make sure they were happy. I think uh, I did, I put my 10,000 hours in on that. And, and that was one of the outcomes is that I was really good at reading people. I could tell, you know, a lot of people don't want to say, Oh, I don't like this. They don't, they just don't feel comfortable with telling you what they really think. So I really had to read them, uh, with their body language. So it just made me, it's just easy now. It just comes natural where if I meet somebody, I can pretty much tell right away. I don't know how. It's just a, a weird thing that I, I have because I had to do it for so many years. You have this intuition that mm -hmm. you've trained right. of knowing the type of person someone is by the energy that they're giving That's off. Right. And I say this some weird stuff to my wife about energy. Like sometimes I'm like, I can feel that a color from that person. Ah. Like they're really sad or I can just tell, I can feel right. or I can feel like hey this is someone I really want to get to know like I want to invite them closer yeah. into me because they give me a great energy right. and like you I worked in retail sales yeah. for almost 20 years so similar Definitely. small talk conversations getting to know people and and learning just people and body language and I think that's so important because if you're not good at it, like what's the, what happens if you're not good at that? Like I know. Well, you get really taken advantage of really. I mean, <clears throat> I think it's super important that if you don't have that, like we all have it, right? We all have this instinct, but people don't use it. You know, they're, they're, they're sharpening other parts, you know, uh, of their, of their brain. And, 
and, and uh, I I feel like there are certain guidelines that you can actually go by uh, and things that you can do to make sure that you protect yourself from imposters, let's say, right? Because there are yes. people on the outside that look like, oh, they're so great. But there are certain things that they'll do that will trigger like, okay, that's not right. Because there's a great saying, and James says it all the time, it's like, the way you do some things is the way you do everything or something like that. I always forget what he says, but the, the way you do, well, anyway, you, you get the point. But you can pick up on that quick. Like I have a feeling you don't even need to really see that person in action for very long for you to know in your gut, yeah. they're not necessarily a safe person. Right. You may not have the proof yet. You may not know why, but inside you can just feel it Correct. so do you play that protection role for your kids oh, and for your family oh, for sure and like what does that look like well because they may not see it like you're like oh be well, careful they don't that like, per- like why <laughs> they get mad at me or they don't listen to me and then eventually it'll come around like what what can i do you know i have to let them experience it but um i do i do i've tried from a very young age with my kids to teach them body language and like we, we have books on it and I would, I would like, you know, test them. I'd say, okay, what am I doing now? What, what am I thinking? I, Cause I really feel that's such a great, you know, trait to have. It's, it's, it's a really good skill to have. Um, and you really want to teach the kids, but you know, giving them an environment to learn it is on their own is even better. So I think that when we um, are helicopter parents, we don't allow the kids to learn because we're always interjecting. And, and I was a helicopter mom, so I can say that, you know. But when my late husband passed away, I could no longer be a helicopter mom because I, I just couldn't protect him from any worse pain than what they experienced, you know. But what they're what they're dating someone and they bring them home and introduce you and you can just tell that they're gonna get hurt. I, that's got to be so hard to not yeah intervene. Well, that's true, and luckily the kids have been pretty good at picking, you know, friendships and such. I do if I do find somebody that's a bit, you know, I'm, you know. I'm worried about, I do ask questions. I question them. I say, make sure now if this person is talking about somebody, they're going to be talking about you. These are the things that I say. I, and that's one of your rules. Yeah. And I think we can we can probably get into those rules because I think that they'll give us so much to go off of. And that one was the no gossip rule. And I actually put a star next to that one when I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. And only because... I catch myself doing that occasionally in conversations where I'll be talking about someone who's not there and I don't like that. I yeah. tr- I'm trying to beat that out of me, but it just feels like it's just there. It's it, like It's true. I, it's true. I mean, I think human nature, you know, that's one thing just making yourself just a better human. I think by nature we do stuff like that. You know, I don't know. I mean, if you if you really look at children um, and uh, you look at how they act, you see adults act that way. 
because there was no guidance really for them, you know, parenting guidance. And, um, you know, kids go to school to learn not only their ABCs and their math, but to learn social cues and to, to learn how to live in their society. Right. I mean, that's a, one of the main things. Um, so yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a really important thing not to gossip. And it's, it took me a long time to figure that out. And the thing is, is that when I was actually a hairstylist, I heard so much stuff. Uh, and, but see, I could not engage in it um, because I would get in trouble, you know, because it is a small world. It is So I was always, people were always telling me things, but it just went right down into a black hole. That's it, you know. And so people started to trust me. Now, let's say that somebody's gossiping about somebody to you. What can you do? I mean, sometimes now, as I'm older, I just change the subject. I, I try to, I try to be in charge of the conversation and just change it over. Uh, I love that you wrote. If someone's gossiping with you, they're gossiping about you to someone yeah, else too. And that, to me, is what really scares me the most about gossiping. It may seem small in the moment, but basically, you're just telling the world and yourself that you're gossiping about everyone because right. where's the limit exactly. where does it stop exactly now you know and it's different when you're when you're talking about somebody i think that in a positive light to me that's that's a very uh, healthy thing to do you know but when you are really doing it to to hurt somebody or saying hurtful things or teasing somebody i i feel that that's just that's just not a healthy person that's doing that one of one of the ways i've justified this type of conversation with my wife because we talk about other people but i usually feel like i'm talking about other people to distill a learning from them or yes. something i experienced them doing of hey i don't want to be like that person because i don't like it right. is that still gossiping well, i mean like, here's the thing you, you've got your inner circle right you've got your 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 partner, you know, your husband, your wife, um, that's your confidant, you know, the person that you, that you trust that, it, you know, you need to talk to somebody. If somebody has hurt you, if somebody, you, I mean, you can't keep it to yourself. You go to a therapist or you talk to, um, you know, your partner about it, but your partner needs to be, hopefully you've chosen a partner that also will be the black hole and not tell anybody about that. So that's, that's different. I feel like gossip is, is like spreading rumors or spreading bad information. Mm. You know, it's not constructive for you. It's not constructive for the person. I mean, and that's just my definition. I mean, I'm sure there are other people that have other types of ways that they do things, but me in my moral compass, I feel like if I am talking to my husband about something, um, I know he's going to be very confident. You, you know, he's not going to be out there telling people about that. It's just going to be between us. So that's different. So I, 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 I have a, a fear sometimes, and and it, it was worse when, when I had a tough job, a more difficult job. Being self-employed is a lot different. But when I was managing a lot of people, and when my wife had a, a job running a nursing home, mm -hmm. 
I was worried that we were bringing too much of that baggage from work home. Like uh. she was my confidant. I told her everything, but now am I like drowning her too in the the work issues? That's a really hard balance to strike. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and then it can turn pretty negative. You know what I mean? In terms of you know, you start to feel comfortable doing it to your with your partner, then you you start to feel comfortable doing it with your friends. I don't know. It's it's a slippery slope, right? I don't yes. know. We had it, yeah. We had this rule. We had the screened-in porch, and I was working from home and and growing my business. And Emily was still running a nursing home, and it was stressful, especially with COVID. She would come home, and I'd have a snack ready and a glass of wine, and be sitting down on the screened-in porch. I'd say, "Let's get this all out here and not bring it up into the oh, house." And idea. once we get up in the house, it was like our safe space. Like we got. We, we, there was like a transition period between work time and home time. And we live in a small town. So it was like a 15, 20 minute drive home. So she didn't have like decompression time after work. It was like, I'm working. Now I'm home. And it's different for people who have, you know, hour or two long commute. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a really good idea, you know, to have that safe space and then, you know, transition into another area. So, so gossiping's a, an important one, and then, but th- your first one that you put on the list was trustworthiness, and I think it connects into gossiping also, because right. um, it's hard to build trust with someone who you think's telling everything you're telling them to someone else. Exactly. <laughs> so, how do you gauge someone's trustworthiness, and why is that so important? That takes time. Building trust, you know, that's that is really only takes time. You know, I become friends with people and close um, with them, but I do not bring them into my inner circle right away. You know, the circles of your inner circle, your, you know, your, your partner, and then your, you know, immediate family. And then you've got your, your close friends, right? So, and then on the outer circle are just acquaintances. So they stay in the acquaintance area for a, a long time. And it, and I've, it, it takes me years, to be honest, to get to the point of complete trust. And the other problem I have is like, if that trust is broken, it takes me a long time to, for them to get back into that trusted phase. Why does it take so long? Is it, I is there, it, it, I just feel like when something like that is broken, it's, it, and it, it, it's, I don't like that part because I wonder why, but that's just how I am. Maybe other people uh, are more forgiving. I mean, it's not that I don't forgive. Uh, it's just that I back off and I don't share information with that person. I've, I've had this saying a lot, and I'm a Christian, and people will say, well, you're a Christian. Shouldn't you forgive? I said, yeah, I do forgive them, but I don't forget. Like, there's a difference between forgiveness and forget. Like, I can forgive them. Yeah. They, they said they're sorry. I accepted it. But it doesn't mean I'm going to, like, trust them in the same way. Like, that would be ignorance. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And it, and it, and it also depends on what, what part they, they broke, what part of the relationship they broke like did they say something about you to somebody that was wrong did they share something or that's difficult but how why does it take so long to let them into the inner circle like does your inner circle have to stay small oh for sure because there's no way that you can have 100 friends 
I mean, I'm talking personal friends. I mean, there's a difference between very, very close, you know, friends that you can trust them with anything, right? I mean, you there's no way that you can, it, it's hard to make friends and to make long lasting friends. And uh, I don't think a person has the ability to create hundreds. <laughs> it's just too, it's too much. I mean, and as I get older, my, I guess, uh, quality is better than quantity. You know, I rather have a few friends than like a bunch of acquaintances because I'm not, I don't know. I just feel like that's just has happened to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. And I did want to know about relationships that are your neighbors versus people who you are across the whole country or world. Like, do you, do you put a, an importance on having people who are within like your neighborhood or near you in the relationships? Yes. I, I think that's really important. And, and the one thing that I've always done is reached out to my neighbors. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You'll click with some people, some you won't, but you'll stay friendly. That's hard. That's a hard one because especially if you move into an area where it's pretty established. So a lot of people are already in a click. Um, But uh, so that's pretty daunting, but I still do it. You know, those neighbors may not have anything in common with you, but you can still uh, be a, a friend to them, you know, uh, uh, in time of need or if they need anything. I always, I always try to, you know, relay that to everybody uh, when when we do move into a new area that uh, that we're here if you need anything. So that 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 helps and that makes people feel comfortable, you know. And then that's a, a good beginning to. A relationship. But sometimes as you get older, you don't have the time to put into uh, cultivating these relationships, you know? So that's where you kind of stay with the old ones. Even if they don't live close, you, you still talk to them on the phone or you Zoom them or something like that. Like my friends are all over the world, but at times they do come and visit. You know, I may not talk to them in a year or two, but when I do talk to them, it's great. It's like we start, we haven't had that that time lapse, you know, and they they would be there if absolutely you needed them oh, for sure, and they have, yeah, that that's the great because that's I think what's most important in a friendship is like what how do you gauge if someone's really a friend and it's like will they be there when you really need them not just for small talk not just for playing yeah. games not just for hanging out and wasting time yeah that is so true I mean that's when you really know your friends is isn't when you are down you know when you do need help. Um, those friends that come and help you. And they'll sometimes it's people that you didn't even think were that close to you <laughs> that actually are helping and, and checking up on you. That I've learned that one too. So it's just the whole thing is just be, you know, you want to be yourself, first of all. You want to set those boundaries. You know, um, I, I don't feel like I'm hard to, to talk to or, or be friends with. Um, I'm, I'm very... Um, clear about my boundaries. Um, and if someone, you know, I, I'm, I could very easily, uh, I, I can tell if someone is trying to play me or one person or anyone in my family. Um, and it's just offsetting to me. And I don't say anything, but I do distance myself from that person um, because it's just, I see what they're doing. Sometimes I wish I didn't. See, because I may like the person a lot, 
but I can see the behavior and what's going on. And so I'm like, mm, I just, I, I, I know what's happening here and it's not good. Well, that, that goes into honesty and trustworthiness because if it's clear to you, someone has ulterior motives, then that's not the marking of a great friend, obviously. Like people need to be clear about their intentions in the friendship. Do you think it's silly to actually define a friendship with someone? Like, hey, this is what our friendship is and this is what it isn't. Like, have you ever done anything like that? Well, I feel like everyone has many different facets to them and, and everyone is very complicated. So you have friends that let's say like to like with me, I, I may have friends that like to ride horses. So I have my horse friends or I have friends that like to do charity work. Um, and so those are my friends with that. Or I have friends that like to go four wheeling or whatever, you know, it's like you've, but not all of them will be, you know, wanting to be together. Like they just know certain facets of me. Okay. So whenever I have a big party, it's very interesting when I invite <laughs> all my friends because they're from, they are so different. And, but it's interesting because you could see the different parts of my personality, but the only thing they have in common is me. So, you know, it's, it is interesting. So, yeah, I think you do put, you know, your friends in different categories, but that doesn't mean one friend is more important than the other friend. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that room of these, these, you know, charity folks and horseback riders and all these other, and I'm sure you, you, based on your interest in investing, you're investing people. And what I would like, what I think is the coolest about that is those people create new connections themselves with amongst each other and with people they maybe have would have never met before any other way that's definitely true because i think you stay a a lot of people do just stay within their clique and um i i can't i guess i don't know why I, i don't think i've ever stayed in my my clique uh and especially after living overseas you really uh are so stimulated every day by different things and uh that also sort of helped that part of me grow you know because i am interested in many different things i i can't i i just can't just do one thing i get to it 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 bores me you know so i like to do different things and i feel like by doing that i love nature i love balls i love going off-road i love roping with horses, you know, these are all different, you know, I think that that just really makes life taste so much better because you just get a whole, you know, I don't know, experience of, of everything. And then you, you, you meet people from, so, so my friendships are not based on, I guess, you know, you know, where they live or how much money they have or whatever. What I appreciate are people that are passionate about certain, you know, their what they're doing, and it doesn't have to be uh, something uh, that's a that they make money at or what. I appreciate just their passion of something, you know, and that, and when you go and find friends that are truly just real. Uh, those are the best kind of people to have as friends. Like 
it's really hard to make friends with people that are fake or that have this facade, you know, that they're trying to be somebody that they're not, or they're, uh, you, you can never really break in and, and get to know that real person. So I tend to not go around those type of people. I form a lot of friendships in the same way. It's I have this hobby or this interest. I'm trying to get better. And so I find a community that will help me get better at that. And then those people are passionate too. And passionate people are interesting people. And they're curious. And they're trying new things. And they're not afraid to kind of look silly. Like when I... Uh, I've started a lot of hobbies in the last few years, but each one, when I started, I looked like a fool. I was a complete beginner. You know, like I was, I was a poser. I read more about it and watched more YouTube videos about it than I've actually done the thing. And so it, it's, I think it does make a different type of person who's interested in trying new things. Are you, yeah. is there something new you're working on right now? Uh, what am I working on right now? Well, I am working on, you know, uh, doing things, you know, social media stuff that we're trying to, you know, that we're launching and, and that's a new role for me. You know, podcasting is a, is something new. Um, being an empty nester is also something new for me. Uh, and, uh, it's a struggle, you know, that I'm going through right now, but, uh, why is it a struggle? Well, It's just because I'm, I'm a professional mom sort of, like I've just been a mom most of my life, right? So, so now that the kids, my youngest is twenty, uh, it's it's like they they still need me, but they just don't need me as much, and I'm not I don't play as big of a role, which is which is part of the idea, right? That's the idea. You want them to to fly and to be independent. That's a good sign of a good mother, right? Yeah. Is independent adult children. Right. Um, so I'm happy about that part, but I do have to keep myself busy. Uh, my husband's busy all the time. He, he's got a work to do. And so I am trying to find my, you know, my you know, meaning of life. Like what, what, what's my role now? What, what I, I need that. I need something. So I am finding it. I'm, I'm working on a few things. So it's reinventing myself again you know, and, and I feel pretty confident I could do it. It's just not fun. It's like pulling off these, these layers of skin it of is. who we were before. Yeah. And like, who is the new me underneath? It's true. It's painful. It is. But that's part of growth, right? I mean, if you don't ever allow yourself to feel those, that pain, it'll never, you'll never grow. So it is, they are really growing pains. Would you ever go back to um, a salon in some way? I've thought about it and I've, I've kept my license, you know, intact just in case I want to, because, you know, that, that's another way to make friends is by, you know, working or doing something like that. So, but I mean, it is, it is an option still, you know, I've, I've kept it an option. So, and I do, I did love that job. I love color. And there's a way that you could use some of these new interests that you have podcasting, social media, that sort of thing in that space, like merge the two together yeah, in some way. I thought about that. I really, I thought about that. Um, so it's just, I'm in that sort of mode of trying to just see what I want to do. Um, and, you know, I have lots of passions. I have things that I, I I'm, are really important to me. And this, you know, the war, this thing that's going on right now is, is really troubling. And, 
and I do still, you know, self invest and I, I'm finding new things every day thinking, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Or yeah, I don't want to go into all the stuff, but you saw my list yesterday. uh, I think about all these stocks. So I, you know, I I'm busy. It's just that, am I, am I busy doing things that I really want to do? I don't know. Do you feel like something's missing right now in this phase? Like, is, are you, do you feel like there's a hole of some kind? I feel like in some ways, there's that hole with my kids, right? It's that role because I've been doing all of this stuff with the kids, but now there is that hole without the kids. So that's what I'm trying to fill that void in, in some way. Yeah, that's, that's, that's gotta be tough because I, I, I can't imagine we don't have kids yet. I'm trying to imagine, but it's, it is a complete, reinvention phase you have this whole new time and change in responsibility and and it's like what do you want to do have you spent any time journaling or or writing or anything like that of like kind of dreaming i started doing that i started doing that on 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 the our website you know making lists and that that takes that's good because it's actually getting it out making these lists it's important um, and then hopefully by doing that, it's going to trigger some things. But I have, I am actually, these lists that I'm doing, I'm actually doing them, you know, you know, how to make friends. So I, I switched my membership over to the junior league here in Atlanta. Oh, you did? Yeah. Very cool. And so I'm going to start to do that. Um, I'm also joining other groups, you know, um, that have to do with ancestry stuff. Oh, I could geek out on, by the way, I could geek out on ancestry. This has been a long time coming. I've been working on it ever since Neil Strauss released this book called Emergency. It was like a survival skills yeah. book. And he talked about getting a second citizenship. Oh. And I was like, well, how can I get one? Wow. And I started looking through my ancestry uh-huh. and realized I had relatives from Italy in the 1800s that came to the U.S. and I could claim Italian citizenship through them if I could prove the bloodline really? the entire time. Oh, Wow. And I've been working on it. And like to the point where I hired a researcher on the ground to go into the archives to get me the document. I was going to old churches, old civic buildings and going in these dusty mop closets with these old books that weren't digitized to find records. And I mean, so if you have questions about finding stuff, I'm your guy. (laughs) Well, we can talk about that later. But uh, you know, I just believe that the clues of what we should be doing show up in the things that we're curious about. Mm-hmm. And if we follow that curiosity, we can fill those holes. And the time that it, it can it can change, you know, it's going to change constantly. But as long as you keep looking for new things to do, you'll you'll find yeah, the answers. Right. I know. Like James and I says, you know, it's like we experiment. And, and I think it's so great to look at it that way. Like, I, I wish I would have done this with my kids. Yeah, I was at the old school where you're like, okay, you want to be a, you know, on the soccer team? Well, you know, you have to stick with it, even though you don't want to do it. Oh, you want to be on the swim team? Well, sorry, you said you would, so you had to stick. I wish I didn't do that to my kids, honestly, you know, because, and, 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 and so therefore they're afraid in some ways to, to commit to trying something because they think they're going to have to stick with it. And, and that's not necessarily the case. Now, if you do 
on the other hand, make a commitment to someone, you know, I believe in keeping that commitment. Okay. Um, so you, you have to sort of feel in your own moral compass, what is right and what is wrong. Like, am I committing to this organization? Yes. Fulfill whatever you said that you're going to do. Yeah, I agree. You know, so, you know, it's a, it's a fine balance because you don't want to get stuck in something, you know, that you don't want to do. This concludes part one of James Quandall's interview with Robin Altucher. Be sure to tune in next week for part two. Thanks for listening to this episode of The James Quandall. The show notes for this episode and other goodies can be found at quandall.com. Are you enjoying the show? If you are, please subscribe and leave a review. I may end up reading your review live on the review and telling your friends about the show is the best way to support me and help the show. See you next time.